Warm intros run the world. It's how humans translate trust with each other. If you want to break into a network, get someone from that network to vouch for you, and getting in is much easier. With that said, I don't know how this has happened, but in 2023, getting a warm intro has never been harder. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people aiming to get into very exclusive networks, and the warm intro model isn't effective anymore. There's too much noise for the signal. So if you are a professional, if you're someone that wants to expand your network, what is someone to do? Well, you could spend your time cold emailing, sending LinkedIn emails, and hoping one of 100 people replies to get you a coffee meeting that leads nowhere, or you could do something different. And today's episode is sponsored by SeedScout, which allows you to do something different. SeedScout is a platform that allows you to request introductions to other people on the network with a click of a button. No more sending long emails, no more sending, doing all this research, right? It's simple. You send an intro request. If they want to meet you, they accept, and you're instantly introduced. SeedScout is an alternative way to expand your network that gives someone more context than a cold email, but it's faster to achieve than that warm introduction. So if you are a sick of spending hours, days, weeks, months, even years trying to break into new networks and you just want to try something new, I would check out seedscout.com, S-E-E-D, scout.com. Let's get into today's episode and thanks for listening. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Philip Rather, who's the founder of Musical. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Thanks, Matt, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you on. Looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. And for people that haven't heard of your company, what is Musical? What are you working on? So Musical's mission is to bring the world together around music technology. That's for professionals and hobbyists alike. Um, We'll focus a little more on the professional side of things today allowing uh, musicians, artists, labels, um, you know, independent studios, the ability to create, collaborate, own the music they make, and then ultimately distribute and monetize it. And of course, we're adding a a Web3 layer to that to sort of flip the funding mechanism um, upside down and, uh, you know, be able to be a fan-driven business for the the Web3 world we believe in. All right. So obviously, you know, quite a few personas probably interact and engage with musical, but if you kind of walk through one or two of them, if someone was to find your company, become a customer, use the product, what would their experience be? Just walk us a little deeper into like, you know, user experience of becoming a customer or user of musical. Well, since we talked about singer songwriters earlier, maybe that's a good, um, a good way to start. And and also um, near near and dear to my heart too, is I try to do a little bit of that myself. So 
you know, the, the genesis story of music actually comes from that. I was writing music, um, playing music, singing songs, um, just as a way to express myself. This is during COVID. And I started sharing with my friends. Um, and I realized that I needed a lot more than the guitar and, you know, kind of an iPhone to be able to take this from an idea to a, a produced song. And through that, I, I, I understand some of the difficulties. So um, what I found was that there was not really a good way to store music that was like music aware. Everybody was using Dropbox or, or Google Drive or WeTransfer, these various different methods to, to store and move music around. And then there was no good way to sort of manage uh, the process of the of the workflow of making music, who was involved, who owned it ultimately at the end. And so uh, a, a use case would be um, I write a song and I need somebody to play bass on it. I need somebody to play drums on it. I need somebody to ultimately produce it, uh, have niche instruments like uh, banjo or steel guitar. I play Americana and country music. Uh, and so, you know, being able to piece those things together from afar is really important. I think when you look at a lot of the music technology that's out there, it's really focused towards digital natives or DJs or producers, kind of like experts. And the reality is, uh, I felt like if I wanted to be able to, to make a song, I should be able to do that and not know how to use Pro Tools, Logic or, or other tools like that. So, uh, you know, I, you, you know, we, we set the system up to be able to, um, submit a song. Uh, if you know the people you already want to work with and you can invite them to a project workspace where you can share files, assign tasks and build the song um, through its stems is what we call it, individual um, instrument contributions uh, and have everything in a place and then ultimately um, determine who owns that song. Um, and so, you know, that's sort of the use case. And if you don't know um, somebody to work with, you can open it up to the community and other people can jump in and help you on the project. I love that. This is a super fun idea. And as we were talking about before we started recording, you know, I, I've written some songs and a, a former life. And I know the struggles of not having kind of every everything that you need in front of you. So being able to, to collaborate with different people on platform is awesome. My next question, which you kind of answered, so I'll ask a little bit of like a of a of a side question, it's like the origin story. You know, as you just, uh, you know, through COVID when you were playing and when this idea kind of like came to your brain, like when did you know that this is something that you wanted to to build and and work on? Was there a moment or was there some traction or something where you're just like, this is this is it? Like this is going to be the thing for the next X amount of years. Yeah. So at the time I was working at Meta slash, you know, Facebook, and I had been there almost 12 years. I was really itching to do something entrepreneurial. I did not want to just go and do what I knew naturally, which was MarTech, AdTech, you know, systems integrations to, to put media out there to audiences. And so um, I, I wasn't necessarily looking for that. At the same time, this is 2021, I noticed that um, smart contracts were proving to be scalable through through NFTs, right? And at this point, I'm like, okay, the, you know, the types of things that one can do with a smart contract is pretty significant uh, in managing IP and automating business rules and so on. So, you know, what first started out to be like, well, maybe I could just like, you know, create a system where it was easier to run a record label and do this as a side project to know if I were to actually build this, um, I might be able to solve problems for the industry, particularly the independents, though. Um, you know, a lot of what we built is very useful for record labels as a system of record and so on. So uh, it was around mid 2021. And I was like, I've got to do this. I, I really felt um, very rarely do people get to match what they're good at. Uh, what's an ikigai is what it's called, right? What you're good at, what you could make money doing, um, what the world needs and, uh, and a passion that you have, I believe is the four. But um, 
yeah. So, I mean, uh, combining music with technology um, was really great. And what ended up happening was a lot of the things that I had learned at my time in Meta around building technology for small businesses, for self-serve clients, for um, people who needed to do fairly sophisticated things with data and marketing, but were kind of ordinary users, uh, like car dealers or real estate agents or, or, or other small businesses, creators are the exact same thing, right? And, and I would argue even more so because their job is is really dedicated towards making things. And then there's this whole business side of it, which I think has become more and more strenuous because it's like, even if you've got a record deal, it's like, go post on TikTok five times a day. And there's a lot of work to do there. So um, building tools and taking all the things I knew about small business and then applying it to creators seemed like something that was worthy of me leaving my job and, um, and dedicating, you know, the next bit of my life to. And if you were to kind of take what you've done, the origin story, you know, what you've built so far and kind of look out into the future, what would you say the big vision is here? If you were to look out five, 10, 15 years, what does the world look like with, uh, with musical <clears throat> as a big company, or in other words, you know, what direction are you rowing in every day? Yeah, I think we, uh, Again, I, you know, I started from this idea of just what if I could do music right in a small way, but that that meta global view of like, how can we do this at an entire global scale took over in my head as far as that's just how I, you know, I'm wired these days. And um, I think it's to connect the world through a system of record for creating sound and music oriented content. And I think you can do that um, because what we're doing is at, at provenance, right? We're at the point of creation where you're establishing who owns it and the files associated with it and the ways in which um, it's monetized and funded and, and even potentially by fans. And so, you know, I view a world certainly there where we get to um, a greater experience in music. I often say that music is, is the highest valued product from human beings with the lowest monetization of anything that you could probably name. Um, and I think there's lots of ways through different experiences that we can do that. But in the interim, I think the the goal is to bring fans uh, and co-creators together because the vibe that's made is when you make something that wasn't there. And, and I think fans want more from their artists than them just playing on TikTok. They want to be participants in the in the in the creation process and the ownership process and the business. Um, and so when I look out 10 years, I think we've built not only a system of record and and kind of a Shopify, if you will, for musicians, a place where they can manage their their business and we've built a platform where others are integrating with but we've also created a way for fans to engage with um, the musicians in a way that's better for them if you look at what a record deal is you know a record deal is basically a loan against future future revenues and in and in the case of you know crowdfunding or using more of a web3 model we can give that money up front and support artists and then directly take that money and put it into systems of around marketing and production that um, give them a shot to actually uh, have a chance because you can make the best song in the world if no one hears it then it's going to be just you know just that yeah if a tree if a tree falls in a forest uh it doesn't make a sound 100 percent. in order to make uh in order to make this happen you'll need some help though right it takes a village to make a startup work and scale so my question for you is yeah. how can the forward thinking founders community help are you hiring are you raising money looking for artists you know customers labels you know how can we assist uh, all, all of that, actually. Um, yeah, you know, we've been fortunate to be able to build while there's been a lot of chaos going on. Um, you know, we've we've purposefully made everyone aware that we're here and built in, pub in public. I think it's important to like share that journey. Um, 
but we've also really focused on building a sustainable product. We did not jump out into the hype cycles of, uh, you know, trying to sort of do PFP projects or anything like that. We just said, hey, we're going to build something that has a long-term benefit. So I feel like that, you know, the foundation of the technology we're about to show to the world in April um, will be so much further than I think most people have seen from a Web3 project with regards to user experience, um, the ability to, you know, to, to make songs, to mint songs, to create contracts, to, to distribute them. And so we're finally at that point where it's like, we're going to pull the, the cover off here. And, um, you know, we've been uh, fortunate also to have friends, families, colleagues that have helped, you know, keep, raise money today to get this to a point where we think we'll raise a more formal round in the summer. And um, so definitely be fundraising. Also, we want to help musicians. You know, we've been approached by um, artists and, and all types to, to work with. And what we're not going to do is make this about one person. It's about the entirety of the music industry and everybody working together. So, um, you know, our strategy is to go towards the places where um, people can can help. And a lot of times that's independent studios, labels, that's producers, that's people who are going to invite more users to the platform to begin to use it and work together. Um, but yeah, we, we're thankful for, for all help. It's been amazing. I, I would say, you know, in my days at Facebook, oftentimes you wouldn't take every meeting because there was just so much demand for your time of what people wanted from the platform, whether it was a credit line or help with this or help with that. And, and on the flip side, being an entrepreneur, you take every meeting, particularly around this topic, because there's not anybody that sold me, um, that's a shit idea and you shouldn't help musicians, right? Everybody's like, how can I help? Uh, and want to help. So um, there's serendipity in every meeting and anybody who hears this, we're open to conversations. And then for my final question, if someone is listening and they want to learn more, they want to engage or help, how can they find you online? Do you have a website, social media presence, email address? Do you do telepathy? You know, how can, <laughs> how can people connect? Well, anybody who's a musician or a creator who just wants to see the tech can go to musicalapp.com uh, forward slash sign up. You'll see uh, in the top right, there's a sign up button that you can click through to and you can create a free account and we'll be rolling out a lot of the token work over the next, um, you know, four, four to six weeks or so. So um, that's one way. Myself, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Philip, P-H-I-L-L-I-P, rather R-A-T-H-E-R. Uh, I love to connect on LinkedIn. Um and yeah, I think that's probably the two best places to go. All right. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt, for having me.